Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I am Eric. I am a recent addition to the LSAT Demon's teaching core. With me is one of the veterans of uh, the teaching and tutor team at LSAT Demon, Francesca. How are you doing today, Francesca? I'm great, thanks. I don't know if I'd call myself a veteran, but I guess as more people go off and do law school and join the real world, I maybe I'll be getting up there. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. Yeah, that is the inspiring thing as a new teacher with the Demon to see those that came before going off to Harvard and Yale and all sorts of amazing schools that I can only aspire to. Absolutely. It's very inspiring for sure. As a newer teacher with the demon, I look to people like yourself for wisdom and advice. Uh, And recently in our Slack chat, you had brought up something that you see as kind of a red flag that you learned to look for early on in students that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's funny that you bring up being a new teacher tutor, because I remember that a big, big thing that I was feeling when I first started out with the demon was I had this sort of fear of when I went into tutoring sessions, that the students that I was tutoring were just going to be going through the questions more quickly than me, that they would understand what was going on more quickly than me. And that'd be sort of left in the dust. And I always wanted to know the questions in advance so that I could prepare that so that that wouldn't happen. But recently, I've been doing more a process of going through the questions where I'm seeing them for the first time myself, as well as the students. And I've noticed that what I used to think of as a my worst nightmare, which is that the student would go through the question more quickly than me, is actually kind of a red flag that I look for now, because it's really a big sign that if the student is reading through the question and jumping into the answer choices more quickly than me, and I'm still thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't understand anything of that passage, we need to go through that again, the odds are that they don't fully understand it themselves either. It's a common misconception to want to make up time on reading the passage or the stimulus or the rules or whatever it is more quickly, because you think that that's how you're going to get through more sections. But that is exactly how you blunder through sections and make errors that you didn't need to make. And you and I both know the key is really to spend more time on the passage. And speed is something that will come later on and in different parts of the test. For sure. And this is true of all of the sections, right? I mean, you're talking not just about LR, but also reading comp and logic games. I've only been teaching classes so far in logic games, but I generally in classes give um, enough time for the group to put together what I think is a solid diagram of worlds before getting to the questions and just try to say, hey, I'm giving you the time to approach this setup, but really don't worry if you don't get to the questions. And yeah, I have to imagine that those who actually do take the six or seven minutes or whatever it is that I give in class to get through all of the questions in like a level four, level five game, probably didn't take the time to get through their setup in a helpful, meaningful way. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it's very much the same on logical reasoning and um, reading comprehension, which are two classes that I teach, shameless plug, <laughs> Fridays, 2.30 to 3.30 Eastern for RC workshop, and then 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern for my Argue Like a Lawyer class for LR. Um, but in those classes, the approach that I really try to model and that I try to get students to practice and give them feedback on is to take the passages one sentence at a time. And it's like that, it's like that classic saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's what we're trying to do here. Um, If you can't make sense of the sentences individually, 
if you can't sort of put them into your own words, make sense of them in common sense English, like the type of language that you would talk to a ninth grader with, then you're not going to understand them when they're put together. So when you see me reading very slowly and carefully through a passage and getting really into the weeds and coming up with my own examples, making up connections to different parts of the passage, that's the approach that we're going for here. And that's how you really push yourself into a higher score band. The people who are scoring in the high 170s, they're not doing so because they're reading really quickly. They're doing so because often they're reading more slowly, more carefully, and they've really taken the time over their study journey to nail down the process of being very accurate on every single question. And then when it comes to evaluating answer choices, they're able to do that much more quickly and effectively because they know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Now, when you spot this red flag in students who you work with, whether it's in a class or in a one-on-one -on -one setting, and you, <laughs> let's say they finish the question faster than you would, how does that heart to heart with them go in talking about this? And do you find that there's resistance or does it take people a long time to understand the point that, hey, you need to slow down? Like, is it is that a hard lesson for people to learn? Sometimes, but I think that the easiest way to break down that barrier is to just say, hold on a second. I did not understand anything of that passage. If I didn't understand it, I'm not sure how much you understood. Let's try to break it down together. Yeah, I think it's really powerful and useful for people who might be newer to their LSAT study to hear someone like yourself who has already been through the process of studying and already has an amazing LSAT score on record to come out and say, yeah, I struggle with this sometimes too. You know, if you're really reading for understanding, it's going to take a lot of focus and time. And I could admit that sometimes I get to the end of a passage or the end of a LR prompt and think, wait, what? I need to go over that again. So accepting that that's going to happen, just admitting that I didn't get that, I got to go over it again, and that will be worth the time it takes. I think that's crucial. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, the one other thing that I, along these lines, have, I think, spoken to a couple students about is just trusting that you're going to take the time that you need to understand and get things right. So I remember from when I was studying, I reached a point where there was maybe not an, an arrogance that I felt, but certainly a confidence in knowing that, hey, I'm good at this. If I run into a question that I'm struggling with and it feels like it's taking me a long time, I trust that it I'm taking as long as I need to get this right. And that's going to pay off on the back end. So that is one of the things that I've tried to speak to students about is just having that feeling of like trust in yourself that you're smart enough to get it. It might feel like it's taking a lot of time, but you're taking the time that is necessary and that is what you have to do. Totally. It's trust in yourself and it's trust in the process. And I say this to students all the time when they say, I feel like I should be going faster. I always say, I don't care what you think you should be doing. I don't care where you think you should be at. I care about where you're at right now and how we can make this question make more sense to you right now. All right, one more question for you. As someone who has been through the process of studying for the LSAT, has already got a really good LSAT score and is now teaching it, do you still ever find yourself worried about time? Is That's there a good any question. is there any part of you that is still like, "Oh crap, this is taking me a long time?" Um, if I had to guess, I would say yes. I haven't done a time section in a while or like a full test. But I 
you know, putting myself in the situation, I'm sure that if I were faced with doing a time section or I needed to perform under time conditions, yeah, there would be a voice in the back of my head saying, why can't you be doing this faster? Why can't you be going faster on this? But it's just a matter of training that voice to quiet down and say, hold on, that voice is not helping me. That voice is not helping me do better on this test. The only thing that's going to help me do better is to spend my energy not on thinking about the clock, not on thinking about you know, the little test anxieties that I have going on and just thinking what's in front of me and how can I make it make sense? That's all there is to it. All right. That's it for this episode. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us some questions or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 